Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. All right, Bobby, I know you you love these stories of old Milwaukee schoolhouses. I'm obsessed. I know. And you actually wrote a book <laughs> on Milwaukee schoolhouses in your career. I, in fact, like I don't know who better to talk to about Milwaukee architecture when it comes to schools than Bobby Tanzillo. Oh, thanks. So where are we at this week? We are at 46th and State. Appropriately, this was called State Street School for quite some time. It was. It was indeed. It was not built by MPS. It was built by the town of Wauwatosa uh, around 1880, it seems. And it became part of MPS in 1925 when the city of Milwaukee annexed that part of the town of Wauwatosa. So a building like this that's been around that long obviously has a, has a lot of history and it's been a lot of different things. It's been a school most of the time, but there was a chapter of its history, Bobby, that you found that it, it took on a, a completely different use. Yeah, what was really interesting is after it had closed as a school in the during World War II, um, at the end of the war, there was this housing shortage all across the country um, because, you know, home building had slowed down right. uh, during the Depression. And then during mm-hmm. the war, there was a, a ban on construction to save materials, you know, to right. direct materials to war effort. And so all these returning GIs came home. A lot of them left as sort of, you know, single men who'd lived at home and then came back and got married because they were older now and, you know, they didn't want to move back home. The city was basically building entire neighborhoods. I mean, if you go sort of the northwest side, southwest side, all of these neighborhoods, you see these sort of uh, similar kind of post-war houses go up. But it took a while to build all that, right? I mean, the, right, these yeah. people came home and they had, a lot of them had nowhere to go. So um, what the city did was it um, tried to come up with a number of solutions for this. And they built temporary housing of all kinds, but they also sort of commandeered, if you will, a, a bunch of empty school buildings and turned them into apartments for uh, returning uh, veterans and their families. And the school was one of those places. Yeah, you learn about the history of uh, the, you know these, these GIs coming back from the war. I know I learned some of this in school. And I, I remember learning about that temporary housing. And I think that's about as much as I learned about that. Um, but learning that these these public buildings were opened up to these these veterans returning from war, that's that's a really fascinating and I could see the need was really great at that time. Yeah, and this, you know, it was it was challenging though, because it's, you know, it sounds like sort of a great thing. They're gonna put all these apartments in. You know, they wanted to reuse the buildings as schools potentially afterwards. So they didn't want them to alter them too much. They wanted them to be able to be converted back to schools relatively easily. So like the interior walls of apartments didn't go to the ceiling. Problem was they were built as schools, you know, so there's only bathroom facilities in this school. There were only bathroom facilities in the basement. And really, I mean, you pointed out in the story that this whole thing was envisioned to be a temporary solution. Always. Yes. Nobody was meant, it wasn't meant to be permanent housing and it it ended up going on longer than they thought it would. It was initially going to be just a couple of years from 46 you know, till roughly speaking, 48, 49. Uh, but State Street had uh, veterans and their families in it until 1954. Wow. Okay. So it was there for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. And so then after the last ones left in 54, they turned it back into a school and it reopened again for a few years. Um, but it was always a challenge having a, a school that small and having enough funding to keep it going. They tried having... Um, not having their own print, not paying to have their own principal, they would, you know, have a principal from the nearby school oversee this school, and and it ended up just becoming kind of a hassle. So MPS closed it, decided to sell it. Right, but later it becomes 
uh, Milwaukee Montessori School, and that's uh, really where that school became established. We're going to talk about that next in the second part here of Urban Spelunking, and that and some of the other uses of this building over the years next. Maybe you can't get comfy pajamas for your whole block or bake cookies for the entire neighborhood, but you can give the community a gift this holiday season. When you donate to Radio Milwaukee, you provide connection, culture, and important local resources for thousands of listeners. You can bring neighbors closer through music and stories with a gift today. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart to give. And we are back at the former State Street School, also a building that was used, as we talked about, for veteran housing in the uh, 1940s and early 50s. Um, Also, Milwaukee Montessori School had its roots there. In fact, it, it operated starting in the 1960s, Bobby. Yeah, so after it sat empty for um, a couple of years, MPS sold it, and the Wisconsin Montessori Society bought it, um, renovated it, and moved the Milwaukee Montessori School in there. Um, The school had already existed for a couple of years um, in a church building on the south side, Um, but really, this is where it gets its sort of first proper home, and it stayed there from 64 until, I think, 1998, before they built their current building in Wauwatosa. So it really established itself in this in this building, in this four-room school. Yeah. So anybody who went there uh, during the time before the previous building remembers that as as being Milwaukee Montessori School, which was is a private school, was a very well respected Montessori school in the area. Was this the first Montessori school in the Milwaukee area? Yes, I think so, because Highland, which would have been um would have been late sixties, I think. I'm not exactly sure about the timing of those, but I think this is first and Highland is second, but I know that I'll get angry emails from, <laughs> okay, so, from, from the Highland folks if it's it's definitely among the earliest. Yeah, I was going to say, if not the first, among the first. This was definitely an early Montessori school. Yes, let's and, say early. And and was there for more than 30 years. Yeah, yeah. And it's still going strong in, a, in another location. So you got to go inside. What was it like walking inside the schoolhouse? Because you've been you've been through a lot of Milwaukee schoolhouses. Uh, in fact, pre-pandemic, we got to walk through uh, one on Wisconsin Avenue together one time as part of uh, the Urban Spelunking bus tour, which was super cool. That was a very memorable stop, as I recall, for a number of reasons. Yes, yeah, we had uh, we had one uh, really <laughs> really uh, excited tour attendee that decided to climb the. <laughs> climb the rope in the gymnasium that nobody like signed off as structurally sound. We, we walk into the gym and one of our attendees is just hanging from the rope that, but and he that, got down. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think when we got back on the bus, we struggled with our counting skills because we, we did, we were that afraid. Was, we were afraid we left somebody behind by accident in the empty that, building, but we did not. It, for the record, we did not leave anybody. We did not. <laughs> I I had no idea how hard it was to count a bus full of people. That was uh, it's like mad, really challenging. Mad, I guess so. At least it was for me. Uh, mad respect to the camp counselors and teachers out there that have to do that every day. But anyway, anyway, we digress. So, so you were inside the school building. How how did this compare to other school buildings you've been into? Because it's kind of unique that it's a four classroom building. Yeah, I have to say I pass this building all the time. I often get off the freeway. Uh, right around the corner, if you get off the State Street exit on uh, the Stadium North Freeway, to get to State Street, you have to pass this building. You have to make this little loop that goes past this building. And I would go mm-hmm. past it all the time, and I always mm-hmm. have wanted like to go picture. inside. I've always wanted to go inside, because it just seems so interesting. It's kind of on a hill, 
and it's got that sort of dirty old brick. Like, I bet it's beautiful if they clean it up. I bet the outside would be beautiful. But, yeah, so it looks sort of mysterious, you know, and it's small. So you think, oh, it's, God, I'd love to see inside there. And again, we're talking like 46th and State. Yes, right in the corner. Yeah, And um, okay. right near Miller. Yeah, just, okay. just past Miller. And um, I went past there one day, and I saw a bunch of people working on it. I was like, ooh. So I pulled into the parking lot and I went up to a guy who was painting outside and I said, can I just do a little walk, quick walk through the building? And he said, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so that's how I got into this one. I'm picturing uh, you being like, I, I promise I'm Bobby Tanzillo. I, I swear to I, God, I'm Bobby Tanzillo. I, <laughs> I, did, I did not pull that card, but you know, maybe that would work. I don't know. But I didn't need to because he let me in. I just said, I'm really interested in old school buildings. Can I take a peek? He said, absolutely. So I basically get, got a self-guided tour <laughs> um, walking through. And it was, it was interesting. It looked like an old school, but small. You know, it really did just have um, the way it's been fixed up now. The basements look like classrooms, too. And I don't know how long that's been the case, although it was not always the case. Um, but what they're doing is they're fixing it up to be a, a daycare. Okay. Uh, so it looked beautiful. The, the floors were all uh, looked like original floors that had been beautifully uh, refinished and polished. Um, it's it looks like it's in really good shape. So the the work they're doing on it is is good, but it's very small. So the hallways you know just lead to a couple of classrooms, and then there's an interesting central staircase right in the entryway, which uh, you can see pictures of that in the in the article. That's that was sort of the most eye catching feature of the building inside. Was there any hint of this this veteran housing chapter, or has that been completely erased? Yeah, no, I didn't see anything. It looked if if there was anything, I couldn't tell that that's what it had dated to. And I think it's probably the fact that it was renovated. Well, first of all, the fact that after the housing was done, MPS converted it back into a school building, and then a few years later, Milwaukee Montessori renovated the inside, um, and then these guys were doing had done a lot of work, obviously. Um, the people that are working on it now. Um, so I, I don't think there was anything left from that era, but it was interesting to kind of walk through the building having read those stories already, like reading the, the, yeah, about totally. the people who lived on the second floor complaining about how many steps it was down to the basement where the bathrooms were. <laughs> so it was kind of <laughs> walking down the steps. I tried to imagine like a lot of these people had really little kids. They had babies and toddlers and um, oh, wow, yeah. people that lived there. And so I'm trying to think of being like a parent of like a two-year-old that you're trying to potty train <laughs> running him down the steps you know and <laughs> hoping, just everything else everything else make it in time right yeah and then <laughs> everything else going on in the country at that time as we're coming coming out of a war and uh thinking about this only supposed to be a temporary arrangement while you're while well, literally you know part of milwaukee is being built yep uh, i think yeah i think it was a very stressful time for a lot of people that live there yeah, so it's interesting to, to think about how this all connects to Milwaukee's history and built environment and and just how fascinating this four-room school is. I mean, yeah. it has this connection to this Milwaukee Montessori school and to these veterans for this time. It really tells you a lot about American history, too. It does, and it, it just goes back to what we say on this, this program all the time, which is that every building, no matter how unassuming <laughs> it looks, you know, this just looks like a little school building on the edge of town, you know, and it, and really it has all this really interesting history that, that like you said, says a lot about Milwaukee history and American history. 
as I mentioned, uh, you're the guy for Milwaukee schoolhouses. We gotta, <laughs> you gotta have some official title or something like, uh, you gotta talk to MPS or something about that, but I should, I should, well, I am, I'm proud of the fact that I do have pretty good access to the MPS facilities and maintenance archive where they have old photos and old blueprints for buildings and stuff because they know, um, that, well, they know that I'll take care of it and respect it, but you know, that, uh, they sort of respect my obsession with this, um, which is probably for them is probably good because I think a lot of people don't really appreciate the work that they do. I mean, these people who whose job it is to maintain these buildings and and keep them safe and and running smoothly. I think a lot of people don't appreciate that. So I think that when when they see somebody come in who does appreciate that, I think that that speaks a lot to them. Well, if if school buildings in Milwaukee are your jam, uh, Bobby, he's got you've got eleven recommendations uh, for you. Tell us about about that eleven. Oh, the, the oh 11, yeah, yeah, the story. I've got actually two of them, so there's twenty two, and they're what? Okay, what, what? all right. And these are ones that you can no longer see. So there, uh, I did a story about eleven lost Milwaukee schoolhouses, which they were not lost. We knew where they were, but they were gone. Um, <laughs> And it was so popular and people were saying, oh, where's the school? Where's that school? So that I did another 11, um, maybe a year later. Um, and I've, I'm still, I still have a few in my back pocket so that I can work my way up to a third 11 <laughs> at some point. But having said that, I should say that, you know, despite the fact that there are all of these school buildings that are gone, Milwaukee really does, for better or worse, have um, an amazing collection of vintage school buildings. A lot of cities do not have the beautiful old school buildings that we have. And, you know, some people would say that's a bad thing because they don't want the average age of the buildings that students use to be that high. Um, but if you love architecture and history and old buildings, you can't beat it. Well, we'll definitely link to those, both of those 11 school building stories at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcast. And yeah, I, I, that's definitely something that I had no idea about Bobby, you know, like the architecture of Milwaukee schoolhouses until I met you and, and you shared your passion for, for this, like this whole chapter of Milwaukee's history and architecture. I, I, you opened my eyes up to it. So I know that's probably the case for a lot of folks listening right now. We'll, we'll make sure to link to those stories at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts and podcasts on 88.9 are edited and produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from your membership and from On Milwaukee. Subscribe to this podcast and all of 88.9's podcasts. We've got one on film, food, and music at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcast. And be sure to go to onmilwaukee.com and check out more photos and history. Bobby, there's so much more in your stories than we can even get to here in the podcast. So go, go to On Milwaukee and read the rest of that as well. On Milwaukee's Bobby Tenzelo. Thanks. Thank you.